Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the, the Logical Shaman podcast. Today is different. I'm actually going to be doing an interview today. So I have my first uh, interview guest. Um, and my interviews are going to be called Intraviews because I kind of want to come at it from the angle of trying to find out what's inside of another person. And that's what intra means uh, from within versus between two things. Um, so today I'm welcoming Thomas on the podcast, who has been very generous to be my first uh, guinea pig guest on the show. Um, he actually volunteered for the pleasure. So um, Thomas, welcome. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, and I, I didn't know much about your podcast, but I know I wanted to help, I wanted to help out. Uh, I've always wanted to be on some sort of show, at least for something, see how it is. But for sure. I definitely want. Um, I definitely came on it because uh, I wanted to hear your um, your point of view and my point of view on on different things. I just like talking about uh, things outside of the <laughs> common narrative. If that makes sense. For sure. Is there someone else there with you too? Is that your wife or girlfriend? Uh, my girlfriend. She's hey. watching. You know, has some headset on, so she she doesn't want to be part of this. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Well, no worries. Yeah, she doesn't have to be. But um, so, what um, what made you? You said you you've always kind of wanted to be on some kind of show or something like this. Yeah. Do you listen it, to like a, a lot of podcasts or shows or things of that nature? Well, um, just normal podcasts like Joe Rogan, uh, Tim Pool, stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, I and listen to a lot of Tim Pool too. Conversations. Thought of thought of making my own before, and it just seemed to. Pretty cool that you're making one. For so, sure. And I also help you out, of course. Well, you said you don't know much about it. There's not much yet. Like I said, there's only been one episode. Uh, I've also been, what kind of got me into gear on it, like I've wanted to do podcasting for a while. I, I make music, so I already kind of know how to record things. But yeah. um, a couple of my friends, Paul and Matt, started a podcast a couple months ago. I'm not sure exactly how long, but called uh, Bridging the Gap. And they invited me on for a couple episodes, and I kind of got really excited about it and built this studio to kind of help them out and get my own, you know, stuff out there too. So, um, of course. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. It seems like you're you're definitely kind of an intellectual. I asked you some, you know, topics, and you brought up some really interesting stuff to talk about. And we were talking before the show. You're into like science fiction and stuff like that too, which I'm I'm a huge fan of sci-fi and fantasy and. Just interesting ideas, you know. I want. I like stories that do things outside the box that kind of make me think uh, people in reality in different ways. What what kind of what got you into sci-fi? Well, um, when I was a kid, I actually uh, my family treated me to Star Wars, and that was like uh, one of my end-all, be-all things. Is like Star Wars, everything Star Wars. For sure, like, me too. I was growing up, I always enjoyed Legos that were like Star Wars and everything, and I've. Uh, I just couldn't get enough of science itself in the first place, it seems. I would always uh, look up different uh, scientific facts about different animals and whatnot. I guess I was just that type of person. No, that's cool. That's my kind of people, man. I, I just love people that are interested about the world and want to explore it. That was my favorite thing about, I mean, I grew up with Star Wars, but also Star Trek was a huge thing because it was all about it's exploration not just of the universe, but of like ideas and morality. And, you know, they talked about things that they don't really talk about in other TV shows. Yeah, I, I do remember the, um, the uh, couple different episodes 
especially the one where like a he was stuck in a cage uh, and he couldn't get out period but it turns out that they actually tricked him into seeing something that wasn't there mm-hmm. I think there was a couple episodes <laughs> like that yeah. I remember one with Riker I can't, where I can't, I can't truly it, explain it further, but he was in like a lab setting no I remember people, huge heads I um, actually remember oh that might have been the very first Star Trek episode like the menagerie with the giant classic the alien heads with and they one like, first one. yeah no, and they used that idea a couple of times where it was like false reality was kind of being implanted in minds and stuff like that. Yeah, especially um, uh, brainwashing like the episode with the five lights. Well, it says five four lights. lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great there one. There are five lights. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me, let me, let's kick it off with, um, I kind of wanted to touch on topics you were comfortable with. And one of the first things you mentioned to me was culture wars. So I was interested where what your perspective is on that and what what that means to you. What are the culture wars? Uh, well, I'm Gen Z, and uh, for for example, um, but I what is I don't Gen Z? I'm, I get those all mixed up. What age group is that? Um, it's typically after 1996. Uh, after 1996, it's considered um, anybody born after that is considered Generation Z. Okay. Before that is millennials, I believe, and before that was like, a, was it Gen X? So is eighty-seven? Does that make me a millennial? Uh, I believe it would make you a millennial. Okay. Do you put a lot of stock in those, like, generational <laughs> divides? Uh, there, I put a little bit of stock into it because, like, uh, kids usually uh, grow, grow up around each other and get their influences from each other. True. Uh, so that generation tends to stick to uh, a certain thing. Not to say they're outliers. Um, just like there's a common reference to uh, the difference between, uh, between sexes, like female and male, like how the male is typically stronger. That doesn't mean a female can't be stronger than a man. There is an ex- always an exception to the rule. Right. If that makes sense. Right, right. Uh, the same thing goes with the generations. Just like I would be an outlier, so to speak, or an exception to the rule. Uh Typically, people of the Gen Z are um, Gen Z are uh, the type that are, agree with uh, social justice and right. all these different tactics to go along with nowadays, like the riots and everything. I don't agree with the riots. I don't agree with the social justice aspect of it. I don't agree with can't cancel culture. I don't agree with any of it. So uh, I guess I'm a quite different than. <laughs> person typically my age for sure well it sounds like we line up more there as well um i also i mean there's a lot of people in my age group that i would consider sjw's i mean i I think there probably is like you said a grouping that it's more common in that age group but it definitely spreads across the generational divide yeah like um uh one thing i i recently um recently um saw was the uh the differences between the generations and um, how far they're going, like left versus right. Uh, the generation has been ticking increasingly left, but the generation Z uh, um, ticked slightly, ever, ever so slightly to the right instead of instead right. of to the left. I heard that. Um, yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not like uh, they're basically like millennials, just slightly different. Right. Well, it's kind of a reaction to. By the way, I might look up here because this is where my camera's recording. I've been looking yeah. down at you when I talk. I might look up here. 
But um, yeah, that's a, I, I think it's a reaction to the extreme left that's been going on is that people are, the kids are now rebelling against mainstream and mainstream has become more liberal SJW um, with their extreme overreaches. I mean, when, when I was a kid, I always compare it to like the, the angry church lady that, that we kind of yeah. grew up with in the 90s that was like scared of Pokemon and Harry Potter and wanting to ban. They, they would have burnings where they would burn like Pokemon cards or burn Harry Potter books. And I disagreed yeah. with that at the time too. But now the left has actually kind of taken the place of that from the right-hand side where they're trying to cancel things in culture and erase things and morally tell you what you're allowed to enjoy <laughs> in, in your entertainment. Like, that's crazy. They're even kind of coming back. I don't know if this might be before your time, but like Jack Thompson was this huge person in the media that was anti-video game and trying to get video games canceled because they were turning our kids into monsters, you know, like now the left oh, yeah. is doing that where they're trying to cancel video games. Oh yeah. It, it, it um, happens over and over again. And um, as the saying goes, if, um, if you don't learn from your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Uh, sort of like how I see like uh, in relation to like history, what's going on nowadays, like international wise. Mm -hmm. uh, we see China and the uh, how it's very similar to World War II Germany. Yeah, uh, we it's very similar. Not to say it's completely exact, exactly the same thing. It's definitely uh, a big similarity there. Both of them had concentration camps. Yeah, uh, both of them are treating their citizens like <laughs> I don't know what how to how to say that. <laughs> like cattle. Um, they treat their citizens very badly. Like over, um, they recently made made laws over in China that say that uh, they can make people disappear from Hong Kong for speaking against the Chinese government. And yeah, it's been that way for a long time there too. Yeah, and un unfortunately, I'd say America has some of that too, but it's actually coming mostly from the left. The ones that say they're the yeah. most against uh, fascists and Nazis are the ones acting the most like the fascists and the Nazis. Uh, precisely, and um, actually, my family uh, came over. Um, part of my family, I should say, came mm. over here to America to escape the Holocaust itself. Yeah, and it just uh, it can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> you you mentioned that earlier. Well, um, one of my uh, great grandfather I believe it was uh, they were over in the Netherlands he was like a uh, this the brother of a king or something like that hmm. uh, I can't remember but that makes him um, like a prince doesn't it yeah basically it, um but I heard that they um they took it and they, they took made it into a museum because of course they don't have kings and queens in the place that I came from anymore right uh, well place where my great-grandfather came from anymore because part of my family was originally from the foundation of America also which is weird, still. Uh, yeah, they came over from, I believe, around the Netherlands, in the Netherlands area, and they uh, actually um, came to America to escape what was happening there, uh, was, or was about to happen there, right. because of Germany. So this was like in the 30s, or? It was um, around World War Two. Yeah. I think, I think it might be before, or could have been um, a little bit, during 
I can't, I can't tell you the exact time frame on that point. All okay. I those stories passed down to me. Yeah. And, you, and your family's been in America since? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I was uh, born and raised here in Florida. My, my father was born in Chicago, and my mom was born in, I can't I think it was Virginia. Would you consider your values or your family's values to be like more American Western values versus well, Scandinavia is pretty Western culture, but yeah, um, my family particularly, yes, uh, I would consider their values extremely Western and uh, extremely uh, Judeo-Christian. All right, is that not a is that not the dominant religion in Scandinavia? What is it? What is the religion over there? Uh, or is there one that's dominant? I, I don't particularly know on that point. Okay. I've, I never really uh, looked into that part. Um, that part. All I know is, you know. Just curious. And what would you consider yourself as far as religion goes? Uh, I tend to label myself as uh, a Messianic Jew, which okay. means I'm a Jew who believes in the Messiah. Right, right. Like a Jew that's come back around to Jesus, kind of? Like a reformed Jew, kind of? A little bit, but I started out as Christian. It's just I started observing the Torah laws after um, after a while. That's interesting. So you're a Christian, yeah. but you follow the Torah rules? Yes. Yes. Because by my understanding, Jesus, I get the point of Jesus was to like free people from those rules. Is it something that you do because like, well, you feel like you have to? Or? In my belief, it wasn't to free anybody from the rules, but to wash away the sin uh, that was accompanied by uh, the first rebellion or Adam and Eve. Okay, so yeah, it cured from it cures you from ultimate sin, but you still need to follow God's commandments. Yeah, like um, for example, uh, if a police officer uh, gives you a, um decides not to give you a ticket because you're speeding. <laughs> Let's say you're speeding down the road and the cop pulls you over and everything, and he decides not to give you a ticket. Right. Uh, he's giving you grace on that point and telling you that he's not going to find you or anything. He's just going to give you a warning and let you go. Uh, I believe that to be the uh, what the sacrifice was meant to be, was supposed to be a grace and a forgiving of the sin that was there, but doesn't um, it doesn't wash away your future sins, so you stay away from that. And after you repent from it, then it washes you away again. And it, repent in this sort of aspect actually means to uh, turn away from the sin, not just be sorrowful that you did it. Um, because there's a difference between sorrowful and doing again and just trying not to do it again, period. Right, right, right. I mean, it makes sense to me that you would want to follow the rules, you know, still, because God... God must have given them to us for a reason, you know, to live a better life. If, if you know, if you're a Christian and you believe that, it makes sense. Uh, like, I've done countless studies on um, on diet itself and so like that, and um, it seems that the most unhealthy meats are the ones that are considered unclean by the uh, Torah. Right. The uh, same thing like pigs. Uh, I don't know if you've ever um, farmed at all when I was... No. Very young. I, um, I would help one of my best friends on the farm, and the pigs, they're just disgusting. <laughs> of course, they wallow in their filthy on the entire day. They're, um, their diet consists of trash, basically. Right. 
uh, stuff that's going to be thrown away by the stores and whatnot, the stuff that we wouldn't eat, the pigs love. So let, let me ask you, how do you, because I know, or I'm, I guess I don't know, I haven't read all of the Torah, but, but the, some of the laws are about like sacrifices and doing things like that, correct? Or things that might not make sense in a modern yes. context. So yeah. how do you decide which rules of the Torah to follow or not to follow? Uh, it's mainly discernment and counsel. Uh, that's actually why the, um, the reason why there's uh, Jewish rabbis and why they actually talk to each other a lot of the time okay. is for counsel and to actually uh, realize what they need to do nowadays versus what it was back then. I was, and sorry to interrupt, it sounds like a dog is going crazy in the background. If, <laughs> it's, if it's coming through very loud if we could try to... Yeah, I know we it's can't my, control animals 100%, but... Yeah, it's my, my little daughter, Anna. And also get um, get your, your girlfriend some water. It sounds like she was coughing like crazy back there. She has a drink, so do I. <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, but no, that, that's interesting. So were you, were you brought up as a Christian, you said, and did you try out different religions or how did you get to the point where you're at now with your beliefs? Well, um, yeah, I grew up as Christian until I was, uh, about 13 is when I started to change. Uh, let's see. What caused I that? Looking, yeah, I started looking into the Bible, uh, a lot more. And yeah. I, of course, I um I read more things than. Uh, You've been dissecting that shit since before. Yeah. Well, Eve, um, my my girlfriend mentioned to me that I was like into it back. I'm back. I'm back in high school before uh -huh. she knew me. I was deep into learning the um learning the context of the Bible and what was inside of it and everything. Yeah. But around when I uh when I was dating her back in high school uh around freshman year. You got into reading the Bible, you said, and that yes. maybe started a domino effect to changing your beliefs. What happened there? Uh, well, I started re reading the Torah, which um, if anybody doesn't know that's watching this, the Torah is the first five books in the Bible. Right. It's the ones written Genesis, by Moses. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, which cont um, mo mainly contains um, most of the laws that are in the Old Testament or the Tanakh. That's uh, the, the the Jewish word for it, of course. Right. Um, that's their religious book is the entire um, entirety of the Old Testament. Uh, but I started reading the uh, the different laws and whatnot. It's like uh, even I began to say, say say like, why should I follow these? Like these are sort of ridiculous. But then I actually started doing a, a study on them and studying the different uh, the different things that it could mean. And the particularly whenever I was thinking about like pork, like why couldn't we eat pork? Right. Uh, as it turns out, the animal's meat is very uh, dirty, so to speak. Uh, it. Whenever a pig eats something, it takes four hours to digest it. Unlike um, unlike animals that typically would be eaten, it takes like eight or ten. Uh, the pigs' uh, toxins, well, the toxins that are inside the food, get transferred into the meat and they stay there. Mm. Uh, 
they it actually gets so bad, bad in the pig that they actually have a sewer line that goes directly out from their toes to get rid of all this um, toxic waste that is in, um, that's actually inside their body. So it's just uh, sitting there, and whenever we eat it, we're eating those toxins and those uh, parasites as well. That's why we cook it at such a high temperature. That's why you don't eat raw pork. That's why you never eat undercooked pork or undercooked anything for that point, usually. You can easily get um, get something wrong with pork, like parasites and other diseases that go along with eating uh eating the wrong thing gotcha and that's why i'm I, that's probably the right reason why i actually started following the dietary laws at first uh, i mean bef- um, but before that i did um i did start to doubt the entire old testament because of my train of thought was like these are ridiculous um but of course as i said later i ended up adapting my thought to the bible instead because uh particularly from one passage that sat there and said, God doesn't change his mind. And then after that, I saw another one that says, um, how can the clay say to the potter, you didn't make me? How can the clay say to the potter, you don't know what you're doing? Which kind of struck me in a very odd way. Because like, um, a lot, um, now I realize that a lot of people that uh, tend to hate God or tend to um, be angry with him are typically judging him. And that's where I um why that um that phrase is uh very comes in very handy to me as like looking looking at these things because um they're the ones who are, who are judging God and how can they judge when they're the created thing? It's the same sort of context. How can the clay say to the potter, "You don't know what you're doing," right? Or you didn't make me. Well, it makes sense to me, I mean, as far as the rules, even even from an atheistic point of view, that um, they weren't following the rules for no reason. Like, they, they were things that helped and that made their society better, or, or they would have been discarded. So, you know, even if you think that, because, I mean, I'm, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, but I think that the rules of the Bible are all there for a reason, and they have made our society better. Um, Western civilization itself... Um, even freedom of speech and these sort of liberties are ideas that were kind of codified by the Bible and by Christians especially. But, um, yeah, I don't see any reason why the, the Jewish laws wouldn't, at least for the most part, make sense still today, you know, or at least be helpful to some degree. Uh, that kind of reminds me of uh, things that I'm studying on uh, in- um, intelligence or knowledge that seems to be lost over time is what they actually meant or what was actually uh, happening back then. Like, um, mm. for example, uh, you know the Bible mentions the unicorns? Uh, do you know what that means? Not necessarily, no. In, um, in the Greek, uh, it was actually transferred over to Greek from Hebrew, and they transferred the word over to unicorn, which mm. is a Greek um, manifestation or a Greek mythical creature, of course. Um, but a but the original uh, unicorn was actually supposed to be the rhino over in Africa. <laughs> right. It was just their terminology for it. And I know it there's changed. also like giant serpents and things they talk about that people yeah. theorize are dragons or something like that. Uh, particularly, um, I can't remember what it was called. The Leviathan? 
Leviathan. Yes. Yeah. Th- that's another one. Especially it's especially uh put out over in uh an extra biblical book known as Enoch. Right, right, right. Uh but that's actually commonly regarded at um to be the hippo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that just going back to the etymology of the word and seeing what, what Yeah, it's um from the Hebrew itself and everything. Gotcha. Well, yeah, what... I've done a lot of studying. Just like um, the common Christian name for the Messiah is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at his name and the way, the origins of the root and everything, uh, his name is nowhere near that. It would actually be clo- um closer to Joshua. Right, I've heard that as well. Yes, um, and that's um in context to the Greek, uh, the Greek New Testament. Uh, if you look up the word for Jesus, which is like, uh. I don't know how to explain it other than it's like it starts with an I. <laughs> um, I Zeus or, or uh, something like that. I don't know how to say it correctly. But uh, if you look at the Hebrew word, um, Hebrew root, it actually shouldn't be, um, not Hebrew root, but the name goes for the Messiah as well as Joshua of the Old Testament. So technically, their names, um, since their name is the same in Greek, it should be the same in Hebrew as well. Gotcha. So um, the name is technically Joshua if you want to Englishize the name, which I don't think is technically correct. You wouldn't call someone Jose Josie. Right. Um, um, that's just... Yeah. I wanted to touch on, too, you had mentioned some other religions. Um, was it a straight path for you, going from Christianity kind of to Judaism back to Christianity, or were you researching other religions or interested in other um, philosophies? Um, I was definitely interested in other philosophies. Uh, as I said before, I like looking into different things, looking into different natures and different uh, everything, different points of view. And that's just one of those that, uh, that I would look into. I, um, I would look into uh, Buddhism, Maoism, uh, and everything like that also. So it, I looked into uh, multiple different religions, even like uh, I even read the Quran itself. Okay. I should say I haven't read the entire thing. Nice. Yeah, I've read some of the Quran and some some um, um, Buddhist Buddhist texts and things like that. So, what's the? I forget the name of it. Something Gita, Bhavad Bhavad Gita. I forget yeah. the exact name now, but I read uh, that. It's something like that. It's like a I, classic I Hindu that. Buddhist uh, yeah. text. <laughs> But no, I, and I and I found it very interesting as well. But I I kind of ended up I, I I kind of see it all as different, um, almost artistic ways of viewing the world. You know that the and and kind of like I was saying with the rules, the ones that line up the best with reality or have the the biggest benefit for humans have been the ones that have stuck around and you know are still here today. But they're all kind of I see it as like an artistic expression but done from the sense that it's, you know, 100% real. So it's it's more intense than just, like, writing a book or reading about Star Wars. It's like, because the authors of it, I think, for the most part, believed what they were writing, you know, was, was real and true. And it almost comes from, like, the subconscious part of humans, like the parts that, before the rational part, where we don't even really understand why it's important, but we know this information is important and it needs to get you know, distributed and not lost. Like you were saying, a lot of texts are, are lost, but it's the really important things that resonated with humans that have stuck around and kind of been passed down. 
Uh, yeah, I can definitely, uh, I can definitely see that because, like, uh, like, uh, the survival of the fittest. Right, if, right, right. So to speak. Uh, for ideas. If one survives, it's it probably would be better for survival, even if it's just a belief or an intellectual thought. If you're still alive, then it must work. Right, right, right. Or improve I, I your life to some some degree. And uh, one thing I do realize, though, is like for religion, uh, that tends to bring a community closer together, although they tend to have a lot of irrational beliefs. Definitely. Yeah, and you and you, I find that all over in families, in in um, countries, and governments all these different organizations of people there's some good that comes out of it but there's a lot of irrationality that gets built up around it because people just start defending the idea for the idea's sake instead of actually looking at it objectively and saying yeah but is this helping us is this actually helping people and helping our society or are we just protecting this idea because this is what i was taught you know since i was a kid kind of kind of goes into the the biggest version of it now is government. You know, that's that's the biggest religion that people believe in, yeah. um, that um, they have faith in, and and they feel like they have to follow and propagate, or else just the world would end if if we didn't do it. You know. There's us one uh, Jewish philosophy, right? It goes. There's a difference between a truth and a fact. A fact can be the truth, but the truth is not always a fact. Sure. It's the difference uh, of looking at part versus the whole. Kind of, have you uh, heard of the trivium? What was that? Have you heard of the trivium? Uh, no, I have not. That's, that kind of goes into that, too. It's, it's just a way of describing how the human brain like processes uh, reality. It goes back to like classical teaching, but was kind of taken out of the schools. But Yeah. It has to do with the three aspects of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And what you were describing as facts would be the grammar, like just the individual bits of information in the world that you're picking up or taking in with your senses. And then the logic is how you process that in a non-contradictory way that makes sense and, and isn't, uh, you're, erase, you're trying your best, you know, of course, to get rid of fallacies and things that don't, aren't consistent in your thinking. And then rhetoric is the third part, which is how you express it to other people or how you act on that, like in the world. It's kind of like computer systems too, like input, processing, output. Um, yeah. If you have an error in any of those parts, you're going to get garbage back out or something that's not matching up with reality. But if you're, if you're doing it correctly, then you're going to get something that's consistent and that matches up with reality or is true, like you were saying. Yeah. Um Kind of reminds me of the, uh, what he said afterwards. It was like, because uh, someone asked him, uh, well, what is the difference then? He says, um, he said, well, the truth is the world should live in harmony. The fact is it doesn't. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a slight difference. But, the, um, yeah, like he said, the truth is we should live in harmony. The fact is that we don't. Um, just like uh, how they say, they say um, communism was never tried right. Right. 
that that's the truth. But the fact is, you'll never get it right. Right. I believe you're correct, for sure. If you understand the principles and what it actually is, then it's it's always going to lead to what it has led to. Just, and, and just to say, too, I, I, I think it's been confused for people what communism and fascism and socialism are. It's very confused in the culture and in the idea space. But to me, like principally and definitionally, I think all governments are communist. They're all fascist and they're all socialist. It's just the amount of degrees to which the knobs are turned, you know, on each one. But all governments, by definition, believe they can enforce their rules using violence or fascism. They believe they can um, control, you know, wealth redistribution with taxation to some degree and some to a huge degree. And they all believe in social control and, and social manipulation and us all being kind of combined or connected through government. And that's how they all get their power. It's just slight variations of extremes of, you know, China versus America. I would obviously say America's a, a better government or we're treated better here, but we're still just as much under the same dictates as something as extreme as China, if you get right up to that line. Uh, I remember one person talking about how, um, how America has something set apart from other ones. They actually have a constitution or um, a document that actually says what the government can't do. Right. If and they follow it, like they, <laughs> that's the thing is they don't really follow it. Document and they they don't do um they 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 constantly infringe and infringe yeah. and infringe on every single right that there is, and uh, it's in line to keep people safe, or so they say. Right. It's always for our protection. <laughs> yeah, it's always for your protection. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, if you lock an animal in the cage, you could say it's for its, its protection. Yeah, correct? it's safer in there. It's also less free. That's what freedom comes with the risk, you know, and that's some people have been trained, I think, to not want to take that risk and to, to feel like they need that protector to keep them safer, quote unquote, but also, you know, keep them in a cage, like you're saying, keep them, keep them locked in. Um, let me see, seeing what other topic we might want to discuss. You had mentioned something about um, religious ties to the forgotten past. I'm curious oh, yes. if there was a specific um, reference or something you wanted to talk about there. I remember this one, um, this one interview I, I saw with this scientist about uh, catastrophism. Mm -hmm. And um, he, related, um, he related to Noah's Ark and the, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh and mm -hmm. all these other different stories of a global flood. Mm -hmm. Like Atlantis uh, and things like that. Sort of like that, uh, but it, it's less like Atlantis and more like like Noah's Ark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what happened is like uh, it turns out ten thousand or twelve thousand something like that years ago, according according to this uh, archaeologist, uh, there was a global flood caused by a comet crashing into uh, into the Earth. And it could also you know, that could also explain the massive floods all around the world with this massive comet. And around that time, we only had a um, our population went from pretty big to really small, and then we had to repopulate again. Right. Uh, and the idea and is like a lot of cultures were lost back then, or civilizations might have been lost in that period. 
Yeah, um, that reminds me of the saying, uh, Cleopatra, uh, when she was around, it's closer to us right now than she was to the building of the pyramids. Right. They were very old. Yeah, they, um, they were built long, long time ago. And I think connected to this theory or a part of it, I've heard talk about the Sphinx maybe being even older. And there's evidence that there's like water damage on the Sphinx. Um, that yeah, there, more, it, it right. was there in a time when there was more lush area, more rain, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, do you remember the name of that archaeologist? Because I think it might be the same person I'm thinking of, but I can't remember. I remember. I remember the interview was on Joe Rogan. Okay. I want to say his last name is West. If that sounds right, something like that, but we could be giving bad info. Again, check our grammar. Our grammar might be not the truth. Uh, so sorry about that if you want to research that on your own. Um, let's see. Any other major topics? Oh, um, one thing, because obviously I'm anti-government, as I was saying. Yeah. Um, so I did see some potential conflict. that I, I, You don't have to say where you work if, if you want to keep that private. But you had mentioned that it's a, a weapons manufacturer that you know sells to the government. So yeah. it seems like you do have some anarchistic thoughts, although you might not be an anarchist. What What are your thoughts on government, and how do you square that um, with what you do? And I mean, do you support the wars morally, or what What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I definitely don't support war. I'm always I've always been a man of peace. Mm -hmm. uh, I say if if conflict can be avoided, and um, both heart and parties can agree, then let them agree. I don't think we should start wars over uh, such simple things as uh, as we know the ongoing war like oil and uh, opium and everything like that. Right. And even like the uh, the war against drugs, even in that like even that context where like war is something meant to be something else metaphorically right uh even in that like i i think that they should stop it uh, i don't think it's up to the government to keep people safe as i said before i, I don't uh, i don't typically agree with the government trying to take away the uh the rights or even the decisions that an individual should make yeah i'm in agreement with you there that's for sure that reminds me of a, over in a different state. Uh, they recently got um was recently I don't know, but they got rid of uh, gas pump attendants because yeah. um, people weren't allowed to get on to pump their own gas. Uh, the people from that state started complaining and saying like, "What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to pump my gas myself? Am I uh, am I supposed to go out um get in my car and then I'm gonna smell like gasoline afterwards?" <laughs> they were saying all these different things, just like. You're getting getting your rights back. You're allowed to pump your gas yourself instead of having to do it. Um, have an attendant do it. But they had been trained to to be used to someone taking care of them and doing that thing. So, you yes. know, here we just that went away a long time ago. Having yeah. a gas station attendant, so we're used to it. But to them, it was like, whoa, we need someone to pump our gas. No, and it's uh, it's exactly uh, the same, it, and to a worse degree with things like welfare and. Um, government education, government schools, where the government has just taken over these facets of our lives and people can't even imagine who's going to build the roads, you know, without government. Even though it's private companies that build almost all the roads, they're just contracted yeah. by governments. And 
if we weren't paying those taxes, it would be very easy for us to find more efficient ways to build roads. It's not, it's not like corporations or, or businesses that need those roads to survive wouldn't want to pitch in and, and make sure they had good roads to get to their businesses, you know. Reminds me of a Pizza Hut ad a while back. I've heard about this. And you would actually go around fixing potholes to the places yeah. they lead to. And they were more efficient than the government by far. Yeah, more efficient. Um, I, t- I can agree with you on that part that, like, I don't believe that government should be this big. Uh, I'm somewhat of an um, anarcho-capitalist, but at the same point, I, um, I believe in some government and some regulation. Uh, regulation isn't always a bad thing, just like it's not always a good thing. Uh, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, right. so to speak. Well, how, um, you know, that, that's my biggest argument for that is I, I used to kind of believe, you know, in minarchism or small government and, hey, then, you know, our problems will be solved. At the, and I agree, it would be better if the government was just smaller than big. But at the same time, you know, I have to acknowledge the fact that uh, the United States government, which was designed specifically to be, you know, the smallest government that had ever existed and had the most... Um, rules and regulations against it gaining more power is now the largest government that has ever existed in the history of the world. So to me, if, if even your goal is to create the smallest government ever, it doesn't really matter because all governments are going to extend their power. And maybe it's worse because it has that mythology over it of, oh, we're a small government. We have a constitution it kind of lulled people into a, a state that allowed them to let their government get to be the biggest that, that's ever existed. So I, to me, it just doesn't make sense when I look at the, the facts of the matter and, and look at, you know, what has our government become that, you know, it seems there's no way out. You know, if you accept government, it, it's going to take over. You know, it's, then they won't all be as bad or as big as the U.S. government or the Chinese government. But they're all going to try to to grow and gain power for themselves over their citizens, you know? That reminds me of a uh, a quote. Uh, Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I I agree. And I think that's actually probably a pretty good point to put a pause on this. Are there any other topics you'd like to touch on here at the end before we wrap up? Uh, unless you want to talk about aliens, I'm fine. <laughs> we could do a little aliens. Why not? Let's go. This is the uh, extended, the 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 deep dark parts of this show. You got to get to the very end to hear this. So, let's. I wish I had a sound effect to play. Maybe I'll edit one in with the X Files uh, theme song. But <laughs> so hit me with. Uh, what are your thoughts on UFOs and aliens? Um. Well, recently, uh, if you don't know, it's not typically called a UFO anymore. It's called a uh, aerial, what was it, unidentified aerial phenomenon instead. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it, um, there was a couple, I think it was last year, uh, there was a couple different news articles that came out saying that the U.S. Um, Kimberwood ship, well, one of, the, one of our ships was actually, uh, quote-unquote, swarmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, by these um, drones, so to speak, huh. that were actually uh, cylindrical in nature. Okay. They looked like the uh, metallic tic tacs yeah, that I've we heard those. from the uh, 
these different alien stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw many different um, different accounts and a whole bunch of proof that they were actually there and that they actually did see these things. Uh, the biggest question is, who is it from? And uh, how did they move so fast? Because right. according to the reports, they moved really fast and they do they outmaneuvered anything mm-hmm. that, they could, that they could build. So the question is, like, who has this technology? Is it terrestrial or is it extraterrestrial? What do you think? Uh, my first thought was China. Uh-huh. But at the same point, if you bought a piece of technology from, like, Wish or from China itself, it's shit. You see right. my language? What does it mean they're not hoarding the good stuff for themselves? They might have some great technology that they're just not selling. I don't simply think that's true because communism doesn't make the best of stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's China either. I was just playing devil's advocate. Fair enough. My my thoughts on it. Uh, did you have any any other idea? Let me hear. Go ahead. Um, there was a point. Um, then all of a sudden, I heard another report that came from China itself saying that they um that they had more of their ships swarmed too. Russia said it also, and basically like any other country that has a navy oh, said boy. the same thing. Was this uh, this year or pretty recently? Uh, it was last year, I okay. believe. They, this report came out. I don't know when it was actually it actually happened itself. Is this tied to the Pentagon, like just now coming out and releasing UFO stuff as well, or is this separate? Uh, I think it's tied to that. Yeah. Okay. But I, I just found I just found it very interesting that like um these things uh these Tic Tacs that's what they call, call them in the report I believe mm-hmm. um, just. They're we're, they're being found everywhere, and they're swarming swarming our ships. Not attacking at all. They're not doing anything. They're just kind of observe observing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else would do that except for a uh, another government or something that's out of space that was trying to keep an eye on us. What's that for? I I wouldn't know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna assume that it's real without actual proof. But it's the, all we're getting are reports from governments that we don't really trust either. And so how far yeah, can we like, trust what they're saying? For example, we don't trust China on its COVID numbers. Right. Oh, definitely not. I don't trust any government on their COVID numbers, especially seeing what they were counting as a COVID death versus not. And the fact that they can't really right. isolate the COVID virus from, from the, just the regular coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have doubts for sure on that. Yeah. But going back to the aliens, did you have a final theory on that or idea of what it might be? Because I kind of have an idea. Uh, go ahead and fill me on yours, and I'll tell you mine after that. <laughs> so my, my thought is just going back to my research on the CIA um, primarily. Um, they have a history of actually using not only guerrilla warfare, um, manipulating news stories, um, using mythologies of local areas to actually attack people. Um, This is all well known and I don't know, I'm sure there's countless stories that have not been released to the public, but there's like a local area where there was a fear of vampires or this like local monster and they use that to spread fear and control the area. Um, So the CIA has a history of, of using these sorts of subterfuge and I also tie that with the fact that the technology that we're aware of that the government has is usually 50 years out of date. Um, you know, the government had all kinds of technologies well before we knew about them. And I imagine that today they have technologies that we are definitely don't know about. 
and it would make perfect sense to me that they would do some sort of experimentation or have technology that seemed like magic just because we didn't we don't know how it works and the yeah. CIA knows how to use mythology and storytelling to spread fear to control populations and I'm sure they're doing it on a global scale now that you know we just will hear about in 50 years when they release the information on it but to me it makes sense and and I see that tied in with like MK Ultra experiments where the CIA would um, dose people with drugs and manipulate their minds and you know I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that most likely most alien abductions was the CIA dressing up in silly alien costumes dosing people with LSDs and they didn't know they were on LSD and so they have this crazy mind-blowing experience where they meet real aliens but it's just yeah. they're tripping and, and the CIA is just messing with them and seeing what they can get people to believe. So uh, to me, it would make sense to take that from the 70s to now. And maybe they have some crazy drone tech that they're testing out and they're just using the cover of, of aliens. Or, they're, you know, one other idea is it plugs into the Bluebeam um, thing. Have you heard about Bluebeam? Uh, I've heard of the Blue Planet Project, but I've never heard of Bluebeam. Bluebeam was like a holographic experiment that was done and they, you can look this up online there's some released documents about it from the government who knows what was actually tried or tested but it was using like lasers and holograms to like put things in the sky that weren't really there and get people to believe that they saw the mother mary or aliens or things like that and people have conjectured that they're they're going to try and do that on a massive scale to make people think aliens are invading and that we need to give up all our liberties so the government can protect us. So I, I see them working towards that idea, whether they're ever going to go fully into it or actually do it. I think they are experimenting and seeing what they can get away with and seeing what people will believe. So I don't know that that's what that is, but that's my thing that makes the most sense to me is it's probably the CIA or some other MI6 organization just messing with people and seeing, you know, testing out their new technology, basically. I can definitely understand that. Uh, I, I think um, I've actually heard the, um, a theory like that before. Uh, mine is actually like uh, I'm, I'll give I'll give the government the benefit of the doubt, basically. Oh, that's always dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. Don't get me wrong, but like <laughs> uh, the Israeli government mm -hmm. uh, came out. Um, sorry, um, a ex defense minister or okay. something like that. From Israel came out um, and said that they um, they actually are in contact with aliens and they have this contract and whatnot and oh boy. saying that um, whenever Trump this is whenever Trump was president he said this says and Trump knows about it but he, and he wants to tell everybody but he can't because of uh, different uh, different things that are holding him back different government organizations right uh, basically silencing from him saying so. Uh, and if that's true, that's a, a very weird thing that we, um, why wouldn't the government tell us in the first place sort of thing? Yeah. Cause their blue beam tech isn't ready yet. They gotta, they're waiting till they can really trick us to believe it's real. They're just planting those little seeds. So people are like, Oh, see the government said there's aliens. Oh, they said Israel said it. So we know it's true. Yeah. I think it's also possible. He thinks it's true and it's not. Like, again, the CIA could have all kinds of means of tricking him into thinking he just really talked with an alien 
but it was just one of their guys on a Skype call or they, they drugged him with DMT and then had a conversation with them, you know, who, who knows, but that, that's the problem with governments is they, they're all using, you know, coercion and subterfuge and, and things that disrupt the discourse and make it hard for us just to know what is going on. You know, I can't have a, a just a face-to-face -face talk like I'm having with you with someone in the government that holds enormous power over me. So it creates these disparities in trust and trust and who knows what the truth is. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to know. And that's, that's again, kind of goes back to the CIA. Is it, that's good for them. You know, if, if people can't figure out what's real, that's, that's better than anything. So they just throw all kinds of crazy ideas on the wall and let people fight over, you know, what's reality. I can definitely, um, I can definitely see that. I don't put any stock in any theory, to be honest. Yeah. But either way, it's, it's definitely fun to speculate. Definitely. It's like, like I was saying in the first episode, it's good to be able to detach yourself from ideas and look at them at their own merit and don't, don't become emotionally attached to them because that's how you're manipulated is when you're emotionally attached to these ideas being true or false and then you can't think about it objectively anymore. It reminds me of a debate between a flat earther and myself. A, a couple different flat earthers, to be honest. Um, I remember seeing this picture that they, um, they would commonly throw around, uh, and they would throw um, like they would all use the same thing. Uh, uh, boats boats push off of water. Uh, airplanes push off of air. What do rockets push off of? And um, I'm just like, I can I can sort of understand their argument, mm -hmm. sort of, but that's not how thing, these things work. Sure. They don't push off of anything. Well, yeah, the uh, fuel pushes off of the rocket itself and pushes it away from where yeah, the um, fuel is going. Every, every action has an offset equal reaction. Mm -hmm. So what happens is um, whenever you create an explosion, which is what a plane is doing, uh, it's creating a controlled explosion. And what it does is it pushes equal in, um, in all directions. So it pushes, um, that explosion itself is pushing the plane forward. Exactly. It's not pushing off of anything. Um, the plane isn't pushing off anything, anything itself, or the even propeller. It's the it's the explosion that's propelling the plane, and uh, which leads me to another uh, another thing that an instru my instructors would constantly say going through school: uh, How do planes fly, fly? And they would always put up the acronym PFM, Pure Freaking Magic. <laughs> it's just controlled it's falling, going. really. It's. <laughs> but it's, I appreciate it, Thomas. Well, Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, how a plane goes forward in the first place is just by, of course, uh, taking the airflow over an airfoil, is what they call it, the, the wing of an aircraft. And um, it creates a, uh, what's it called? Creates less density below the aircraft, so it actually, um, or was it above? I can't remember. Either way, like it, 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 make, it wants the aircraft to go upwards because of the way the wind travels over the airfoil. And combined with the um, <laughs> the jet engine, combined with the jet engine, I think she really liked your actually, explanation. Yeah, combined with the jet engine, it actually compels it um, to go keep on going forward to not be stopped by the air resistance. True. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. We can go ahead and wrap it up here. Did you have anything online, like a Twitter or something, you want to plug here, where people can can follow you online? Uh, well. 
my Facebook has my name, uh, Thomas Van Domelen. That's V-A-N-D-O-M-M-E-L-E-N. Other than that, I don't really have, um, have a thing on any other platform. Well, it was a pleasure but, having you on, man. You're, you're welcome back anytime. If you have specific topics you want to talk about or, uh, you know, just another chit-chat, uh, definitely fun. I, I found it engaging. And, uh, you know, I think we'll both, you know, get better at it as we, as we do it more. But um, yeah. thanks for coming on again. And uh, everyone watching at home, definitely check out my friend's podcast, The Bridging the Gap podcast, which is now called Crossing the Chasm. Um, I'm going to be a regular member on that podcast as well. And I've got more interviews and videos coming out the rest of the week. So check them out. Uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Everyone have a great day. And thanks again, Thomas. Have a good one. Have a good one.